back here. The cops ain't likely to catch up with us, not tonight. So we can all be quiet and peaceable and listen to the music. March March 19th, March 19th, I'm Dave Villa. This is Auto Dealer Live. What's up, man? Hey, Dave Cribbs here at Desking Deals. How are you, Mr. Villa? Oh, man, I'm doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. It's Thursday, March 19th. It's 3.30, and it is, you had me at hello. That's where we're at today. Yeah, I'd like to say hello. <laughs> hello, is it me you're looking for? I don't want to sing. <laughs> you don't want me to sing. Although... You're Although pretty. I may sound better than Lionel Richie does these days. He doesn't sound too hot like he used to. It's yeah. almost like goodbye. Yeah, well, you know, it happens to the best of us eventually. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So today, man, is off the chain. Are you ready? I'm ready, man. I'm psyched about this show. Yeah, I am too. We've got the Ram versus the Ninja. They're going to be coming on here within the 10-minute round. We've got uh, Alan Ram and Jerry Tebow, um, CEO of Phone Ninjas versus the CEO of Proactive Training Solutions. They're going to be coming on. And they're going to be discussing a great topic. We've got Thea Wood. Uh, she is an image consultant uh, based out of Austin, Texas, um, in a car girl at heart. Her parents, we'll get to that in a little bit, are in the car business. Thea is going to be coming on. We've got Matt Conig. I mean, we've got just an outstanding, wonderful show. Get your social on, Dave. You know, um, but you had me at hello, man. So you know what? Brother, let's talk about that. What's, what are you feeling in the car business today, man? Well, you know, when it comes to you had me at hello, mm -hmm. I, you know, we joke about that, and it sounds cliche, and it, of course, spawned, spawned from Jerry Maguire. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you really, Show me the <laughs> you really truly can have someone from hello. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think we're going to hear a lot about that today with yep. Alan and, uh, and Jerry. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, our process begins with the meet and greet whether we're on the phone mm -hmm. or whether we're in person and it does really start with that hello and then right. can the the question is are you prepared are you prepared for that customer whether it be the the phone uh conversation or the live conversation mm -hmm. do you know how to respond you know right. the, the cool thing about our business i've always kind of felt this way i heard this so many years ago from one of my mentors jackie b cooper and he used to say you know you're selling to a passing parade you're selling to a passing parade meaning that hey you get an opportunity you know what it's going to look like ahead of time but the customer really doesn't so you get an opportunity to really perfect your craft because you'll be dealing with the same types of responses again and again. So the the key is preparation. It yeah. always goes back to that. But you can have me at a hello. You can. You can and you should. 
And, you know, I tell you, man, um, we're going to be talking about it, this. It's a big deal. We've had BDC Boardroom, and we're going to have part two next month at um, Digital Dealer right on the floor. Again, that's something you don't want to miss on uh, that Wednesday, April 22nd. We're going to be on the floor, a digital dealer. We have a booth there for Auto Dealer Live. Come by and check us out and meet us. But we're going to be set up right there. We're going to have four powerhouse uh, in powerhouses in the industry of of, of BDC. We're going to be talking about you know, phones and talking about how to handle your calls and who should handle it, salesmen versus, you know, a BDC department. Should your BDC take it from cradle to grave, what have you. But it's a hot topic, and today is going to really kind of be a piggyback on that whole subject. You have two guys that are, that are, that are successful uh, within their own rights in the auto industry, respected businessmen, and these guys um, deal with, you know, there's, there's hundreds of dealers that are clients of these two companies. They both speak all over the nation at different you know events and so forth. And um, here's the thing: they fundamentally disagree. And again, we're not trying. Listen, I don't. I, I, we're not trying to have a, a, a you know a brawl on the show. That's not what our goal is. I mean, I understand it's entertaining and it's fun to hear this, and it's it's. And I think that's really good radio. But the bottom line is, we're trying to give you the dealer something to consider. And that's really what it's about, something yeah. to consider. Because the, the bottom line is, who should be monitoring phone calls? Who should be listening to phone calls? Should anyone be listening? Hey, for that matter, should I have anyone monitoring? And it really, Dave, it's a hot topic, and dealers want to know, and they're genuinely concerned. Yeah, well, it's a healthy subject. At the end of the day, you know, bringing this to the forefront, you know, having dealers think about what you know what does it really look like in my store today right. what is going on what what is the best practice and you know uh you might come to feel stronger even if you're just feel stronger at the end of the show about what you already have right you know to me that's impactful absolutely is and uh so stay tuned in about four minutes we're going to be bringing jerry tebow and alan ram on live they're going to be skyped in you're going to be able to watch them and listen to them and they're going to be able to discuss and lay out why they feel the way they do, and you, the dealer, can make your decision as to how you feel and 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 where you fall on your line of thinking. And and, and I really, honestly, man, I tell you, I'm interested in hearing this. You know, um, the whole premise of this, let's lay it out, is you know, CBT News. Alan Ram did an interview with them, um, and he uh, it was probably a five or six minute interview. We've we've sent it out multiple times. Probably most of you have seen this by now. And then uh, Jerry. Um, at Phone Ninjas had watched the interview and basically threw up an article talking about his BS meters through the roof and Alan, I'm calling you out on it and so forth. And they kind of went back and forth and and I think that it's really worth exploring. And um, so why do you think, man, let me ask you a question. Why do you think that the B- BDC phone calls dealing with customers like this, it's such a hot topic? Well, I know why it's a hot topic, because that is where our traffic has moved to. And I, it's my personal belief that a lead that's calling in mm-hmm. is really a hotter lead than a lead walking on the doggone lot. <clears throat> right. Uh, it's really turned into that, because let me ask you this, Dave. Are you mm-hmm. going to call a dealership? I mean, you have everything at your fingertips online. We know that customers are going on the Internet to research. So the things that they're finding, if there's a purpose or a reason that they have to call, pick up the phone and actually call and speak to someone, they have taken that to the next level. They're ready. They're searching for the answers or the place they want to arrive at at the dealership. They're not just stopping in to maybe see, 
you know, the redesign because it caught their attention when they drove by. Mm -hmm. Not that there's not serious buyers. Please don't take that the wrong way. There's serious buyers walking into your showroom every day. Right. But my point is you cannot discount. If anything, you have to elevate that customer that's calling in on the phone. Absolutely. And, um, you know, uh, to kind of set the preface here, it's 339. We're going to be bringing them on in just a minute and uh, kind of set – the, the 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 foundation here, um, you know, Alan <clears throat> was basically challenging, and we'll let Alan speak for himself um, on CBT. Shared his thoughts on dealers spending money, you know, with third party services, and and specifically, I think, with the respect of uh, you know having possibly you know minimum wage employees or somebody listening or monitoring the calls that that wasn't qualified. To it, and then of course Jerry came in and said, "Hey, you know, um, you, you know, I'm here to kind of say, hey, my BS meter is going radioactive, right. and um, you know, I want to have Jerry qualify that and talk about it. Um, so I, I'm excited to hear what these guys have to say. And um, moving along the lines, you want to stay tuned because Thea Wood's going to be coming on. Yeah. Speaking what? of, you had me at hello. Yes, yes. She'll be talking about first impressions. Absolutely. And, uh, man, what an awesome um, individual. Matter of fact, she was in our studio mm-hmm. uh, today um, and uh, is from Austin, Texas. And, uh, you know, just you're going to get a chance to meet a wonderful person that's got a lot to say and, and a lot to offer the auto industry. And um, she, uh, her, her father is a retired uh, Ford Motor line worker. And her mother is currently um, a uh, an automotive recruiter uh, for OEMs and manufacturers and so forth, but um, currently recruits. And so she's a car girl at heart, and she has two, two sides of the spectrum there and um, has a heart for the business, for originally from Detroit, Motor City, mm-hmm. and um, has a, a very, very cool uh, outlook and outtake on um, on uh, on you know on image and branding. And um, so we're not going to be able to show you her entire interview today, but we're going to set it up. And then there's two additional parts, B and C, that will be coming down the pike here um, within the next uh, couple of weeks. But you don't want to miss what Thea Wood has to say. Hey, talk about our buddy, Matt. We got a chance to interview him Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Matt. He was supposed to be in the studio as well, but uh, but talk a little bit about that. Yeah, Matt, and I'm sure you're probably tuning in today, and I hope you're feeling better. Matt was going to be actually physically live here in the studio, but... Uh, Unfortunately, he's been a, a little under the weather. So we did get a chance to sit down and interview him, though, via Skype, and you'll be able to see Matt today. You will never guess that he was feeling as, as bad as he was. But uh, you don't want to miss that, especially dealers. Matt's going to share something with you today. He's going to open up a new avenue for you. He's going to share with you a way to connect with customers that you're probably not connecting with currently, at least not in the maximizing way that we're going to share with you today. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, if this, this, Matt's going to be a digital dealer. We're going to be there as well. Um, kind of a, put a plug out there for that. Shame, shamelessly put a plug out there for that because I believe in it. And it's a great conference. And, uh, matter of fact, September digital dealer in Vegas this past September was one of the best conference, probably the best conference that I personally had ever gone to in the automotive industry. And, uh, they've really done a great job as of recent. And, um, I'm going to be uh, speaking there in a leadership workshop. Um, Auto Dealer Live will be there. Um, our marketing company, we purchased a booth. Um, and uh, also, um, as part of the Speaker Advisory Council, I'm be, uh, I'll be moderating um, the, the, one of the keynotes with, um, with Google, a Google executive and uh, Ricky Lopez, which is the uh, e-commerce director for Van Tile uh, Automotive, yeah. recently purchased by uh, you know, Warren Buffett. And, of course, then Matt Koenig, um, 
and the, the three of them and then and myself moderating we're going to be talking about Hispanic uh, influence and buyers and kind of a myth buster for that. So you you mm-hmm. don't want to miss this. These are some valuable things. Not only will we be talking and seeing a debate about something really unique and different, but we're going to be talking about image and branding, and we're going to be talking about a Hispanic market and how it's exploding onto the scenes. Um, and uh, here's the deal. Hey, Jay, hey, look at that, man. See what's up there? Yes, I do, sir. It's GYSO. The next up, huh? The next up is Amanda and Aaron Ryan. Get your social on. Get your social on. Get your social on. And that's what you're doing right here on Get Your Social On. I'm Aaron Ryan. And I'm Amanda Ryan. And today's topic that we're going to tackle is local social media marketing, connecting community and business. Now, dealer friend, you might be sitting there at your dealership asking, Aaron, Amanda, Amanda, what does a local post have to do with selling cars or my dealership? Well, my friend, it's because you have that in common. So not only do you have your brand in common, like Chevy, Ford, Mazda, you have your local area in common with your customers. Community. Community. And it's something you both can't deny because you raise your children there, you send this you, them to school. You drive your car. Oh, you drive your car in your community, don't you? <laughs> All right, so local posts. How do you capitalize on commonality? Here's your checklist. Facts, quotes, and images are great pieces of content. You want to diversify from just having plain old text to including some quotes from really interesting people, some facts that you can find online easily, and images. And we talked in the past about you have to mix up your Your content. content. So blog posts, inventory posts, car posts, and local posts. So what are local posts? Well, here are a few you can use. You probably can figure out some too because it depends on your area. Whether you're in urban, rural, it's going to be different. If you have seasonal places, it's so fantastic. Diversity is there. Local posts is at your feet yes so local history you know you can look at local events that have happened and you can go way far back you don't have to be just recent you can go 1938 if something happened there you can go um the state flower if you have a state motto you know everything you can go statewide but when you're targeting you're going to want to focus on these types of local posts yeah you want to also target geo targets so your surrounding areas yes you can include those areas to be your competitors areas because this is a great way adding local posts as a part of your posting and your strategy on Facebook and elsewhere is a great way to get an ante up on your competitors. And remember to use hashtags. So if you're in Cincinnati or Miami, it's hashtag Cincinnati, hashtag Miami. And when you're using your brand, hashtag Chevrolet or hashtag Ford. Now, local businesses is something you also share in common too because you guys go to the bakery, the grocery store. Pizza store, you know, like ice cream store. Plays at the school. Yes. All right. So So many great things. Those commonalities, and you got to think about it. Okay, so if you're talking about an event that's happening on Friday at the school play and the customers or potential customers have kids that go to that school, then they already feel a connection with you. You're already creating that commonality and that connection. You can also do it with local local places. places. Oh yeah. Local places like parks, restaurants, a national monument, statues, 
Oh my gosh, she's on a roll. Lakes, waterfalls. You know, these are the types of things you can think of depending on your local area. You want to go 45 minutes out. So in your surrounding area. No farther. No, because you don't want people that won't drive to your dealership. You're trying to target actual customers by using hashtags and by triggering a feeling. So if somebody's sitting at that lake that you talked about earlier that day and you shared, say, a fun fact about that lake, they're going to have you top of mind. Right, so facts, quotes, and images, you can use these as examples to get you motivated and started. But you might be still asking, Erin, Amanda, Amanda, what will local posts do for my business? Good question. Glad you asked Good it. Job. Good job. <laughs> Good job. It instantly connects your business with actual customers. Now, keep in mind, you got to have your Facebook ads on the go here because you need to target properly. You want to target people that can walk into your dealership, use those Facebook ads, apply $5, $10, and then bam, you can instantly connect with customers because you're creating also local posts that appeal to the people you're targeting. Right. And you don't want somebody that's not in your state liking your page. Mm -mm. It makes no sense. You want to have actual real live customers who can walk through your dealership doors to purchase a Chevy, Ford, Mazda, Volkswagen, Toyota. And she could keep going, but we've <laughs> got to move on to build brand trust. Yes. I mean, every like that you get on a local post is a recommendation. It is. Yes. And you're also creating that feeling, that fuzzy feeling of connecting with something you both love, which you is your local love. area. And, you know, showing that you're knowledgeable about not just the cars that you drive, because you're already doing that with your posts that we've talked about in the past. You want to be able to showcase that, hey, you know what? We also care about our community and and this is how you do it. This right. is how you showcase that, right? Um, and like we said, it complements targeted Facebook ads. Yes. You want to go after your geo targets. You want to go after your competitor areas. Then showcase local posts that are already going to showcase uh, within the newsfeed and right-hand side on Facebook to people who are in your local area. There you go. All righty. It is time for Get Your Social On. Social, Social shout-outs, shout-outs. And today we're giving a shout out to at Zimmer Chrysler on Twitter. Hello to you. If this is your first time tuning in, these are automotive folks that you too can connect with of quality on Twitter. At BDC Startup. Hello. Hello. At Ford JP Allard. He's with Ford Canada. Canada representing. representing. Hello. <laughs> and at Foundation to Win. If you would love to have your name or your dealership's name, Twitter handle, whatever it is, on Get Your Social On Social Shoutouts, just tweet at us at the Aaron Ryan. At Amanda Shares. And at GYSO Addicts Together. Yay. Alrighty. If you don't know where we're from, we happen to be from the Wikimotive Internet Marketing Company. And you can catch all the fun episodes that we've done in the past. There's at least 30 of them. Videos. And blog posts that go along with those videos. And free wallpapers in a ringtone at wikimotive.com slash GYSO. Make sure you follow us on Facebook. Yes, socialize with us. If, you don't, if you're not on Twitter, bug, go on Facebook. Facebook.com slash group slash get your social on. And we're on G Plus as well. It has been fantastic hanging out with you. Thanks for spending some time with us today. And go out there and start doing some local posts. Yes, try it out and have some fun and tell us how you're doing. Until next week, friends, get your social on. Get your social on. Get your social on. Thank you, Amanda and Aaron Ryan. 
and the GYSO Get Your Social On segment. We are, uh, we are so excited to have the two of them as part of our Auto Dealer Live team. And uh, they are our north of the border, uh, Canadian A, Wonder. Our, our international connection. I say Wonder. I didn't mean Wonders. I said Wonder because they're twins. They're like they share the same embryo. The same, same, same egg. You know? um, so, awesome show. Listen, don't go anywhere because right on the corner. I'm listening. They're being Skyped on as we speak. Alan Ram, Jerry Tebow um, are right around the corner. You don't want to go anywhere because you're going to miss a great, great segment. Um, but before that happens, we're going to go to um, part one of our interview today. It happened today with Thea Wood. Thea Wood. The next up. It's Thea Wood, and we'll be right back with Jerry and Alan. Um, we're here today, and I'm very excited, actually, in studio uh, with Thea Wood. Thea is a professional image consultant. She's from Austin, Texas. Davis, not often, man, that we actually get the privilege of having someone come into the studios and sit down with us. Yeah, it's a it's a, a real treat. You know, typically we're skyping someone in or we're on the phone, but today we're, they're live right here in our studio. They normally so, don't want to sit with us, man. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, it's hard to get people to come see us. Yeah. But, you know, hey. Well, we've improved our we image. Thea is she's a professional image consultant. So we spent the last hour with her helping us on our image. And by the way, we weren't matching until Thea told us we should match. And <laughs> yeah. uh, so now we both have white jackets. I just so you know. Just because I'm insecure like that. Um, this is a gray jacket. It's not white. Okay. Mike just pointed it out and he is wearing a white jacket. Yeah. I've right? got the Mr. Howell jacket on. I yeah. That's right. Pretty well, sure. the guy from Fantasy Island called. Yeah. He wants his jacket back. <laughs> he yeah, wanted it. it back. I get it. <laughs> but we're excited, extremely excited. And, and, and Thea, even though she's a brand image consultant, um, I want you to know she's a car girl at heart. We're going to be talking about dealers overcoming reputation challenges through personal image and and we have someone here in Thea. And Thea, I'm so excited. Um, kind of your history. You and I met on Twitter. And, um, you know, Twitter's been been a really cool tool uh, for us here at, at IPD and Auto Digital Live. But um, I know you're an acquaintance of Lisa Copeland, who has been on our show multiple times. She's the uh, managing partner of Fiat and Alfa Romeo in Austin there. Um, and I'm very excited about you being here, but also the fact that you're a car girl. Uh, your father is a retired uh, Ford Motor Company worker. He was a line worker with Ford, so you have that side. And then your mother is is currently um, an automotive recruiter, and uh, she's um, now the name of her company is Search Plus International. Search Plus International. Now she recruits for OEMs, so she's not at the dealership level, but she's more at the executive or manuf- executive manufacturer and supplier level. That's okay, right. awesome. So we have a car girl. So not only do we have an image consultant, Dave. Yeah, we got a car girl. Yeah, we got a car girl image consultant. So she'll be an expert on telling me what I need to do, what changes I need to make, what not, maybe lose the Thurston Howell jacket. Or, yeah, you know, so I'm we, gonna, we're gonna learn. We're gonna learn. We're gonna learn today. So you know, let's jump right into this. For being with, thank you, thank you very much for having me. This is very exciting, and I I will reiterate the fact that we met on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I think just shows how profound social media can be in your professional life and your personal life. Mm -hmm. And this is very exciting. I'm really happy to be here in Tampa. Well, us too. We're so glad that you stopped by. We know also you're going to be here for a little vacation as well. So we hope you enjoy Florida. Thank you. Welcome to Florida. And uh, we'll jump right into this interview and and, and see if we can learn something. Dealers, you need to listen because there's a lot we're going to pick up from Thea today on how you can improve and how important 
I think reputation revenue, or I'm sorry, your reputation, image, personal image awareness is. Yeah, I think it's huge. You know, there's a big buzz in the auto industry right now with personal branding. Dealers are trying to figure this out. So today's today, it's so it's so nice to have you here, Thea, uh, someone who's an expert in the field that can really share with us, you know, the things that we need to take a look at in the industry. That's Absolutely. right. And I mean, ever since I can remember, and you know, going back to the studies in 1977 that we were talking about before the show. Um, 7% of people who bought a car had a positive uh, thought or ideal of what they thought that a dealership salesperson was. And um, just recently, uh, Auto News, an Auto News article had had looked at some studies that said only eight percent think that um, dealerships are highly ethical. So we we gained that one percentage point mm-hmm. since 1977, in spite of the fact that dealerships are doing wonderful best practices. I right. mean, they're they're becoming more diverse in their hiring. They are uh, doing philanthropic uh, charity work in their communities. They're supporting schools. Um, so it's like, where are we falling short? And I'm not saying that image is the entire reason why we're falling short, but I think that it is a component that should be, should be addressed. Absolutely. And I agree with you. And you know, although 77, 7% today, 8%, although it is up, and that's and, and that's that's obviously positive versus negative. It should be it should be further along than that because dealership and, and that's what's so important, I think, to be, today about this show, because we focus so much on on other areas that dealers have improved upon. There's not really enough light shed on on personal image. And I think that today, I think there's gonna be an enlightenment that comes, you know, and and um, I know that you're you're an expert at this and bringing this into the auto industry. I mean, you're doing a great j- a deal outside of the auto industry, but yes. bringing this into the auto industry, I think, can help dealerships um, with with how their image. I mean, this is a exactly. statistic that I've always stuck to. Look, I mean, 20 years of of servicing dealerships. Um, the second thing I tell my sales guys this all the time that a customer looks least forward. To, the second thing they hate doing them, the second thing that they <laughs> like the least is buying a car next to going to the dentist. Wow. I mean, you know, I don't like going to the dentist. I don't want to get any of my teeth pulled or, you know, I, I hate it. But that's astounding. Yes. So I think that image awareness and personal image and branding is very important. I, I think it can help. Yes, yeah. Can. Yeah. And, you know, there was a recent article in Auto News and it talked about the importance of creating and a Salesforce image that not only reflects your, mm-hmm. the brand that you're representing, but also connects with that target audience. Maybe you can expand on that. Exactly. Okay, so one of the things that we as image consultants are acutely aware of is the power of a first impression. Mm-hmm. And we live in an extremely visual society. In urban environments, uh, you have people walking along the streets, looking at their social media, everything that's surrounding them, their televisions, radio. And we're exposed to up to 50,000 advertisements a day. Whew. I mean, this is insane. And with so many of those being visual, we have become acutely aware and very adept at making a first impression, okay, or or interpreting a first impression. Mm -hmm. So basically, within the first two and a half seconds of seeing you, David, Mm -hmm. I have already started to formulate in my head your story. And... Sorry about, Sorry about it's, that, Dave. It's pretty jacked up. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 the problem that we have here is that sometimes that first impression may not be who we really are mm-hmm. or the message that we really want to send. Mm-hmm. And this is the glitch. And this is where I think dealerships need to start paying attention is it takes five subsequent meetings wow. 
to change a first impression. That's huge. Mm. How many of your salespeople are going to get five more opportunities to meet with a client and change what may have been the wrong first impression? Yeah, at the dealerships, the reality is we're not going to get those opportunities. Right. In most sales environments, you're not going to. That's right. So anyway, what we're talking about here is how do we send an intentional message? Mm -hmm. And that's really about the personal branding. And, you know, of course, the first thing that I'm going to say is um, it would be a really great opportunity for dealerships to get together, not just with somebody who specializes in branding, but also an image consultant who can help the human side of that reflect your brand. Um, I love UPS as a successful example. Now, of course, they're very strict. They have a dress code and an appearance set of guidelines that is um, very detailed. And um, so what we need to do is say, okay, what can we, what can we learn from UPS? Um, but there are pros and cons to it. Uh, a 25-year-old fit athletic man is not going to look the same in a uniform as perhaps a 45-year-old woman. And so we have to have flexibility in how we handle our personal branding, but at the same time, maybe having a dress code or setting some kind of a standard, again, from the top down, is a great way to start. Absolutely. And, and you know, I'm looking forward to getting into this, uh, you know, a lot, a lot more in, in a lot more detail. Um, you know, so, so you're saying, okay, so, I mean, I'm hearing you say that we need to be, we, we need to be flexible. Mm-hmm. We need to be, I mean, it's important that that we portray the image that we're trying to attract. Exactly, exactly. So let's say you own a Ford truck dealership. Okay. Well, your demographic and what attracts them is going to be very different um, than a Lexus dealership Mm -hmm. because, one, the Ford dealership being a little bit more rugged, you know, Ford tough, you know, you've got that thing going on versus a Lexus buyer who may be more refined, a Mm -hmm. little bit more on the elegant side. So how are you going to appeal to that demographic versus, you know, the Ford truck demographic? And that's just two examples. I mean, we could we could look at all different types of, you know, manufacturers and dealerships and come up with a lot of differences. Bottom line is it's important. Exactly. Very important. All right, we're back. Thank you, Thea Wood. And, uh, man, I tell you, we're live, and uh, Twitter's blowing up right now for the main event here. We're excited to talk to Alan Ram and Jerry Tebow. Um, no, he's not Tim Tebow's brother. It's spelt differently, but he is just as fired up. And the guys are passionate about what they stand for. They're passionate about what they teach. They're passionate about what they believe in. And they're going to bring that passion here live on our show right now. So without further ado, I want to introduce the CEO and president of Proactive Training Solutions, Mr. Alan Ram, and the president and CEO of Phone Ninjas, Mr. Jerry Tebow. Jerry, Alan, thanks, guys, for being with us today. How are you? Jerry, Alan, you guys hear me? Hello, hello. Give us one second. Having a technical difficulty. All right. Nothing like building up to a climatic <laughs> All right. point. We got the music. Quoting right. my wife now. Nothing like building up to a climatic point. Wow. Only to be let no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> let down. No. <clears throat> Not my wife. 
All right, so we can see them. They are on. The audio was off, so we are calling them back here. So, so psych. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> psych. You know, uh, you kind of mentioned it a moment ago, Dave, but um, what excites me. do all me? that again. Mike went through all that music. Yeah, I know. Like right? Rocky. I saw Rocky running up the steps of the freaking whatever that building <laughs> is, right, Philadelphia. I seen him sweating, right. dripping sweat off his, off, his, off his testicles, right? And here, <laughs> here we go. It's building up, and, and they're not there. Uh, Go ahead. And then it's what were you going to say? <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I mean, you touched on it a few minutes ago about the passion with these guys. And I think that's one of the things that uh, at the end of the day, no matter what side of the fence you fall on, mm-hmm. you know, this, you, you know, you can respect someone who is so passionate. And this is our industry that we're talking about. It's a crucial subject. And, you know, to to be able to not only have that passion, but to come and share it with the entire auto industry. I I got a lot of respect for both these guys, and I'm excited about their appearance today. Yeah, and you know, I mean, if we haven't said it before, you know, these are both consummate professionals, and that's that's the thing I, you know, I mean, in the music and da 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 whatever, you know, Rocky, that's all cool and, and, and for effect, but the reality of this is these guys are businessmen, and they're working today. You know, um, they're in their respective offices, and they have their they have their they have their respective clients, and they are good at what they do. And so, I'm anxious to hear both sides of the coin here. So, are we ready, Mike? All right. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce them again. Without all the Rocky music this time, we have the president and CEO of Proactive Training Solutions and the president and CEO of Phone Ninjas, Mr. Alan Ram, and Mr. Jerry Tebow. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Uh, you're skyped in. We can see you. And uh, how you guys doing today? This is Alan. I'm doing just great. Thanks. Awesome. And this is Jerry, and I'm uh, doing well myself. Awesome, guys. I apologize about the technical difficulties. I think we needed someone monitoring our phones there. Ironically, we have two phone guys on and uh, two guys that, that deal with uh, phones, and we couldn't get our phones right. So sorry about that. Um, I'm going to jump right into this so, uh, you know, so that we can give you guys as much time as possible. And, and, and I'm, Alan, I'm going to start with you because I think you're, you started this, this whole thing with the interview you did, obviously, is where, where this thing was originated. You did an interview on CBT News, and, and tell us in that interview, um, which I'm sure our listeners have watched, uh, tell us what happened. What, what went on in the interview? What was it about? Tell us the setting and kind of let, it, let you uh, go from there. Well, I was uh, being interviewed, and really what I was talking about was managers doing their jobs. And if I'm a manager, if I'm, in fact, a manager at a dealership, and I came to work to sell cars today, what, what I was talking about is what activity do I have that I could be engaged in that, that would be more productive than listening to people that just called my dealership today that want to buy cars? and quickly resolving missed opportunities to do business. I don't need to see a score sheet, a report card, any kind of grading two, three, four days later. I need to know now that we missed a car deal, and uh, that's, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, and Jerry, Jerry, maybe you can uh, respond to Alan and, and uh, kind of give us your take on the interview. Well, you know, there's a lot of moving parts that make a dealership successful, and, you know, managers are very busy individuals. And, you know, it's fairly easy for consultants like Alan and myself to look into a dealership and say, hey, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. But we're not there in the grind every day. And these guys have a lot going on. And to be able to sit there and listen to calls all day long is a tedious task that they shouldn't have to be responsible for. When, when you think about it, there's more than just the sales mechanism to this. 
There's also the service and parts. And the typical dealership could get two to 300 calls per day, and it's very tough to listen to all those calls throughout the day and to find the sales calls. And when you use an outside service, you know, those outside, you know a company like uh, Chip King's Call Review, they actually alert the dealership within 20 minutes if something goes wrong. They'll send a text message to the key people, and that person can pick up the phone and, and call that customer. And there are other alternatives if a dealership doesn't want to employ a third-party service like that. Well, and, and, and Jerry, you said in your uh, article, and, and by the way, you wrote an article, obviously, um, that, that again um, kind of got kind of carried this on. And, and the reason we're here today, that said, you know, um, on dealer refresh, that you know, uh, Alan, my BS meters, you know, going radioactive. But you quoted here, uh, Alan stated, and you quoted, managers should be listening to their dealerships' calls. And you said, Alan, when's the last time you did this? Do you realize how many calls a typical dealership receives in any given day? And you proceeded to say, why would I want a guy making six figures listening to calls that can be reviewed by a person making minimum wage? Alan, what do you have to say about that? Uh, that I, I don't even I, – is, is the debate over yet? Really? <laughs> minimum wage. That's exactly what it said. Why would I want a guy making six figures listening to calls that can be reviewed by a person making minimum wage? First off, I'm gonna, as my good friend Dave Anderson says, First things first, second things never. What activity, if I'm a manager, is more productive than listening to customers that just called my dealership? And, and, and as far as they're just so busy, we need to prioritize. There's nothing I could be doing that is more productive. And, Jerry, if I'm wrong, please tell me. But when I talk to these dealers and I put it on my Facebook page the other day and I put it on LinkedIn and I know I'm Facebook friends, with some of your people so they could easily check. I said, how many, I asked, how many sales calls do you get a day? And most of the time they get 6, 10, 15, maybe, you know, some of the higher ones, 20, 25. And, and as far as the having to listen to service and parts call, calls, that can, that's, that's a call monitoring issue. If, they're, if a customer's calling in on a specific auto trader line or cars.com line, that goes into a bucket of calls. So I'm not talking about having managers listen to their parts calls. I'm talking about having them listen to their sales calls. And a tedious task, how is that a tedious task? That's my job. I am a sales manager. So I want to hear right now that customer that's calling up on a 2011 Highlander. I want to hear that when they're not told the right stuff. Why would I want someone making minimum wage? And by the way, Jerry, I don't even know what, what is minimum wage. I don't have anybody working for minimum wage. How much is it? Uh, hey, I, I don't know either because none of my people make minimum wage. I'm talking about people. These services are using people in third world countries that are able to listen to the call, summarize yeah. it. They listen to the whole call. But, Alan, let, let me say this. When is the last time you actually sat down in a call tracking system and started going through the calls? Because I will tell you, when a customer calls, they go on the website, they look at what other number, they don't necessarily, they might call the service number for sales. And so these calls get spread out all throughout the, the system. And I have about 10 people working for me that do nothing but listen to calls that feed them to my coaches, and we coach those calls. And I will tell you, it takes them a long time to find the sales call. And no manager has the bandwidth to sit at his desk all day long and be paying attention to that. 
Dude, okay. Here's the, I can't believe I put on pants for this today. Okay? This is, now we're talking about having people hey, from third Alice, world. Alice Hall, we know you don't have any pants on. We're, we, we have people from third world countries right now. Why would I want somebody making minimum wage determining, making the determination if a call was maximized or not? Let me ask you a question, Jerry. What is the goal of a sales call? It's to schedule an appointment. No, it's not, okay? Let me ask you this, Jerry. How many times do we get a customer's name, we get their number, we set up an appointment with them, and the appointment doesn't show up? That happens, correct? It happens, potentially, yes. Okay, some potentially. It happens more than, than, than others. My, my fantasy world, but it happens. Okay? How many times do we have a customer we talk to, we get their name, maybe we don't get their number. We, we, we don't set up an appointment with them, but that customer comes in and buys anyway. The goal of a sales call is not to set up an appointment. I'm not saying we don't want to set up appointments, but the goal of a sales call is to get that customer into the dealership. That is the goal of a sales call. None of us gets paid for setting up appointments or, or should get paid for setting up appointments. So no one is going to be able to ter determine, no minimum wage or person in a third world country, to quote you, is going to be able to determine if that call was maximized if, you know, nobody's going to be able to listen to that call and say, okay, you know what, we could have done more here. That guy, yeah, he set up an appointment, but he, didn't, he doesn't really sound like he's coming in. Because a lot of times customers agree or disagree. We'll set up an appointment with a salesperson just to get off the phone. It's the easiest way off the phone. So the salesperson writes down they have an appointment. Your third world scoring system puts down, yeah, they set up an appointment with a customer. But as a manager listening to it, I could tell, you know what, I need to call and, and solidify that. And come on, man, you know as well as I do, dealers get 10, 15, maybe they get 20 calls in a day, and coincidentally, the more calls they get, the more managers they've got on staff. So I, I'm not asking them to listen to parts calls or service calls, but here, press one for sales, two for service. Problem solved. Alan, I strongly suggest you get to log into call tracking in one of your dealerships and go look for sales calls. It's not as easy as you think, and I know this because I do it every – my employees do it every day. I've done it, and it's not as easy as you think. I, and I know. It's, it's, there's, there's, a, there's a better alternative to this. If a yeah. manager really wants to hold their people accountable, why not, when the phone rings and we know it's a sales call, the operator goes, any available sales rep, please take this sales call on line one. The salesperson then has to walk into the manager's office where the, the sales phone is and they take that call live in front of a sales manager. That would probably be a better alternative to what you're saying. But for a sales manager to go look through call tracking, they don't have the bandwidth. And I guarantee you, if there was a way we could poll managers right now, 90% of them are going to agree with me. Okay, the only ones that are going to agree with you are the, 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 the ones that say that they won't do it or they can't do it. That's, that's, who, that's who your argument is pandering to, and the, the, the dealers that you know, buy that bullshit, because that's, and you ask, when was the last time I was at a dealership, like, I've never left my office, I was at a dealership, and I got there okay to use their name, ABC Nissan in Phoenix, Arizona, look them up, one of the top 25 Nissan dealerships in the country, and one of the top five profitable Nissan dealerships in the country, and I know you'll probably have something to dispute this, but you can call the guy and ask him, and what Travis Holt, the GM of that dealership, did when he first got to that dealership, every hour 
he would page his sales managers into his office, and they would listen to sales calls. So if they got three sales calls that hour, they would listen to three sales calls. If they got five sales calls, they would listen to five sales calls. Then he would go, hey, Bob, call that guy up right now. Why are we only talking about one Centra? Hey, Steve, call that customer. Let's, let's tighten that appointment up a little bit. And if you were to, were to ask him, as I did, so you do this every hour, he said, what do I have that I could be doing? I came to work to sell cars. What do I have to be doing that's any more productive than listening to customers that just called my dealership today that want to buy cars and quickly resolving missed opportunities? The same day, and I'm not kidding you, and I will give you the phone number to this other dealership. Off air, you can call them. The polar opposite. I want to call on this other dealership, and I was talking to this about the owner and with the, with the owner of the managers. And the owner asked the managers, so, hey, guys, do you listen to sales calls? Are you guys listening to every sales call? And the GM actually said, I, I probably haven't listened to one in a year. And the sales managers said, no, we really don't listen to them. And the owner just asked them, why not? And what the manager responded was, I, I don't know, we need to do a better job at that. And it's not that they said that they were too busy, they're in closing too many deals, they just never thought about it, and nobody made them do it. So let me, I'm just going to shut up now. Well, let me, let me ask this well, kind you of... Know, here, here's the other problem, Alan, is there are a lot of sales managers out there that don't even know how to take a sales call or how to properly handle a sales call. We know because we hear them on the phone as well. So they might not be, you know, qualified to, uh, to do that. Hey, Jerry. Well, there you go. Then that's hey, let a me, training uh, issue. That's a Al- separate debate. I think I've had that one as well. Hey, guys, let me jump in here real quick. This, I mean, to keep this going, but Jerry, you mentioned, I mean, obviously on a brighter note here, you said at the, at the end of the uh, article you wrote, you know, you do agree with Alan's opinion on BDCs, and, and as Alan just referenced, you know, in another debate, um, the BDC boardroom, um, you know, his stance on BDCs, obviously it's yours. So let me ask this, Jerry, to you, and then you guys can kind of go back and forth on this. I mean, I hear what Alan's saying, it sounds like, is that, um, somebody, a sales manager of accountability, who's who's I get an accountability meaning that it's their responsibility, their butts on the line, that you know their 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 bottom line, their their pay, you know their pay plan may be attached to it. Something of value is attached to it, so that the accountability would be there. So, and you're saying they don't have the time for that, and obviously that's what you guys have been going back and forth on. What would you suggest then, or do you agree, uh, Jerry, that? that possibly someone in another country or someone of minimum wage would not be able to correct a mistake, you know? And so, I mean, that's kind of where the, so, the tweets are so, coming in. What, so here's the thing. When, when an outside agency is listening to the call, they're just, they're looking for, Hey, did the call even get answered? And if it didn't get answered, you know, boom, send off a text message and that dealership's notified. Hey, somebody called your dealership and nobody handled them. We're going to call them right back. And, when they're listening to the call, they're looking to see what happens. Was an appointment scheduled? And, you know, if no appointment was scheduled, and they feel, and we've listened to enough calls that we know what the parameters of the call are all about. And so when we feel there's an opportunity for a customer to be called back and handled properly, an alert is sent out. And that happens throughout the course of the day. The dealership can turn that on or off whenever they want. And with a manager, there's no way a manager can be doing that all day long. And maybe they go in and do it once a day. Well, at the end of the day, if they wait till the end of the day to do it, they've already botched that opportunity. I can tell you that we have multiple dealers in the same city. And there's one customer I can remember. They called 
they called three different dealerships. The first two dealerships botched the call horribly. And the third dealership, they got a, a good phone agent, the person that did a really great, great job, built rapport with the customer, got the appointment, and, you know, that was a botched opportunity for two dealerships. And that happened over a half-hour time frame. So when Alan says, hey, if we don't call them back today, it's actually, we don't call them back within the next 30 minutes. They're going to be on to another dealership. And these third-party companies that are reviewing calls, they do a good job. They're multimillion-dollar businesses, and they're, they exist because they get results. You know, typically, if you spend a dollar with a call, you know, a company that's going to monitor your calls, you're probably going to get $10 in return from the lost opportunities. And there's a lot more lost opportunities with service and sales. And, and you know, a service customer is eventually going to become a sales customer if you treat them right and take care of them. The phones is a huge profit leak in our industry, and sales managers aren't the answer. Alan? I am just still stuck on this whole minimum wage thing. And, and, yeah, and here's the thing, okay? It's managers do have time to listen to the calls, okay? That's absolutely not. And if they don't have time to listen to the calls, they don't have time to listen to the calls, they're not going to have time to listen to your coach calls. Maybe they're too busy now to even open their email. Maybe we should hire a minimum wage people person to, in a third world country to make sure that they're opening their email. It is ridiculous. This is, I'm the guy, what I'm talking about here, Jerry, is exercise. Okay, it's exercise and eat right as it pertains to being healthy. And you're basically saying, your approach is, hey, hey, man, you know you don't have time to eat right or exercise. Come on, you're so busy. You know how much you like those Twinkies. Here, take a bunch of diet pills. Okay, it's absolute nonsense. If I'm a manager, I need to be listening to my calls. Here, coaching calls. Hey, Tommy, come on in here. Let's let's listen to this together. Come on, man. You know better than that. Let me pick up the phone right now and call this customer. I believe you called it the Hawthorne effect when they know somebody's watching them. I call it simple accountability. If I'm a manager, I will be the coach of my of my staff. And here's something. <clears throat> you were talking about coaching calls, and you were talking about an effective approach would be to hire a PGA teaching instructor to follow you around the course. Your instructor would offer a critique after every swing. I don't know many PGA instructors that are making minimum wage. My PGA instructors at my dealership are making six figures. Those are my managers. My managers need to be handling the listening to the sales calls, okay? Now, one for sales, two for service, boom. They press one, that's a pretty good chance that's a sales call. If it's coming in on call monitoring on an auto trader, cars.com line, made my sales on, boom, I know to listen to that. And they don't have that many calls. Yeah, and, let's, and let's, no, let's, Jerry, I'm not a manager of the dealership. Uh, let, me, let, let, me, let me cut in here for just a minute. I'm going to ask uh, Jerry a quick question. Jerry, let's just say. That let's just say that the managers were able to make time to monitor these calls and respond, as Alan's saying, call maybe getting in touch with a customer. I, I would like to ask you this: when it comes to the call monitoring service, do you believe that they would do a better job at recognizing opportunities or missed opportunities than a seasoned sales manager on the desk that may monitor the call and respond to it? They're both qualified to make a call as to whether the call is botched or not. Okay. Will they be, are they equally, I guess, are they equally as equipped 
to make that phone call back or to, to recognize opportunities and directions to go in order to salvage that botched call and make it productive? I mean, yeah, there are, there are services out there that will call the customer back to the dealership, but, you know, would the manager be qualified to call that customer back? Absolutely, no doubt about it. But they don't have the bandwidth to listen to all those calls to find those opportunities. And, you so know, I'd like, to address, hey, I'd like to address Alan's, uh, you know, mention of coaching. Sure, go ahead. You know, the people that do coaching, and this is my specialty, this is what we do. You know, when we listen to a real phone call and we take the audio file and we put the coaching in it and we show the people where they went wrong. And, you know, like a lot of people will say, hey, do you think you might be able to come in today or tomorrow? Well, we don't like that word think. So we would say, when are you more available to come in today or tomorrow? So you ask in a more assumptive manner, and we give them that feedback in that audio file. And you, I have data to show you that when we take on somebody who's never been coached before, you know, they, they score often on a scale of one to five, well below a two, sometimes even below a one. And over a series of coaching sessions, we can take that person and teach them what they should be saying, and they're scoring fives. And when people score fives on our program, they're appointing customers. 80% of the time, and we have the data to prove that. There's very few dealerships out there in the country that can say they appoint customers at 80% clip rates, and I have a slew of customers that do that. So I know coaching works. You know, these trainers that are providing videos, hey, go watch my videos. Yeah, maybe the salesperson might watch that video once, but they don't go watch it a second time, and they never retain that information that they, that they watched. So it's constant coaching reinforcement that gets these people better. Okay, can I address that? Yeah, you know, and here, yeah, Alan, here's the thing. Um, I mean, I, I wish we had more time. We have a couple of minutes, so I'm going to give you guys each a minute or so. So, Alan, take a minute. And then Jerry, take a minute, and we'll we'll do part two on this. But it's just we're simply we have one more segment too, and and uh, but go ahead, take a minute, Alan, and then Jerry. okay. So so Jerry, that was funny. You know, they 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 they, they make a bunch of videos. Okay, Jerry. Okay. I my training is housed on a multi million dollar platform that trains, tracks, and monitors twenty four seven what somebody's doing. Okay, and oh yeah, by the way, I've got a simulation exercise on there that they so they can practice taking a, a sales call virtually versus on a real customer. So don't think he invented anything new. With oh, we send people in live. Okay. So for the two days out of the month that they're live, what about the other 28 days? So I think uh, I'm just going to quote you here at the end of your article. So one should do a little more research and better understand, this is your words, how technology can in fact help dealerships gain an advantage over over their competitors. That's my multi-million dollar platform. So you didn't invent anything new with live training. We've got that too, by the way. Jerry? We have two different platforms, Alan. I'm familiar with your service. That it? In closing, would you guys take Jerry? You got? Why don't you take thirty seconds and close? Then we'll give Alan thirty. All right. So the whole premise behind this whole, you know, debate is about whether sales managers should be listening to their calls, and I tell you, they don't have the time to do it, and. You know, if Alan thinks any different, then I'd like to see him sit in the dealership and play the role of a manager and find the time to actually listen to the calls. Because I guarantee the last time Alan was in call tracking service and looking at those calls, 
it hasn't happened. Otherwise, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. Alan. I'm not even going to address that. It, 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 anyway, this, uh, this argument, his argument that they, again, that they can't do it or they won't do it, just panders to the weak managers that don't want to do their job. So they don't have time to do my job. And the dealers that tolerate that bullshit, okay? If I'm a sales manager, I should be managing sales. Those customers are calling in on the telephone right now. There's nothing better than I could be, that I could be doing than listening to those calls, quickly resolving missed opportunities, and coaching my salespeople. I don't need you to do it. I will coach my own salespeople. This is, you know, then that's it. That's, that's, all, that's all I've got. What, what do they say? Those that are successful do what those that, will, that are not successful won't do. Hey, guys, let me ask you, Jerry, Alan, and, and seriously, because I think that this could yield some more time, and, and I really do. And I, what I would have liked to do, and I'd like to ask you guys, and I mean, maybe you're not interested, it, give, it a, give it a month or so. Take the next you know, couple, three weeks, and I know we'll get some feedback on this. Will you guys maybe take the feedback we get, the questions that are pouring in through Twitter, give us time to feed through, and we'll email both of you guys everything we can get. Will you guys come back on? Maybe in 30 days or so, let's address this again. Maybe bring some of these questions to the table that dealers are asking. Would you guys be open to that? Sure, and I'm saying... What's that? I'll, I'll, I'll sit in a room with a bunch of uh, people in a third-world country monitoring sales calls just so, just so that I know that that doesn't work for a fact. It, it works, really Alan. There are companies that are making millions of dollars doing it, and they're very successful, and the dealership... There are some dealerships that are spending $10,000 a month doing it because they know it gets them another 50000 a month in revenue. Hang on, hang on. But you did, once again, you did say third-world countries. I didn't hear that, right? That wasn't the, like... The, the, yes, I mean, hey, if I can take somebody who is in, uh, you know, India, and they speak fluent English, and they understand the parameters of a phone call and what's going on, they summarize that call, and then they alert... You know, they plug it into the software, and it alerts the dealership that, hey, you just had a botched opportunity. And then somebody who's qualified can pick up the phone and call that person, and it happens within, you know, 20 minutes of that person originally calling the dealership. That's a win-win for the dealership. Is, is Ashton Kutcher about to bust in through my door? <laughs> Hey guys, listen. I hate. I literally, man. I tell you what, this is better than. I mean, seriously, I, I'm loving this because and it's because honestly, I can see. I can see. I, I can see. We hear the feedback coming through, and that's what we care about the the listeners. But will you guys come back seriously and do this, Jerry? You in? I, I'm in. All right, thanks, guys. Listen, I hate to jump off. We have to. Um, we have. Um, you know what? I think uh, Harold and Kumar are good. No, I'm just kidding. I said <laughs> I had to throw that out. <laughs> In the, in the spirit of the show. So, hey, listen, we, we appreciate you guys coming on, man. Thank you guys for real for coming on. We look forward to talking to you very soon. I'll make sure our producers get all the uh, feedback to you guys and who did it so you have a chance to respond. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having us. No, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, man, awesome show. Awesome show. Don't go anywhere because our, our last segment, we did we saved the anchor, man. We've got mm-hmm. Matt Koenig. And uh, the next up yep. is Matt Koenig. Okay. <laughs> Daniel Banks, uh, for, Daniel Banks um, with the Weather Channel uh, tweeted out, and i got to say this, she said, if this were live, you'd need a bouncer. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I kind of, I, kind of, I think they might have reached in, into the uh, screens there. Good call on that one, Danielle. Oh, yeah. um, give us your feedback and continue to give it because we want to uh, give these guys as much as possible to have them come back with some more bullet points and, uh, so they can address it. It's pretty good. Yeah, good stuff. Good Great stuff. stuff.
Thanks for listening. Hey, the next up is Matt Connick. Don't go anywhere. The next up, we have Matt Koenig. He is the president and CEO, founder of Koenig Co. And Matt, man, I, uh, I, 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 we were hoping to get to interview you in the studio. I know that you had some things come up, and but you're Skyped in with us, man. I want to thank you uh, for taking a few minutes out and sitting down with Dave and I, man. How you doing, brother? I'm doing amazing, man. And I, I really appreciate you guys uh, making the time with me. You know, I'm, I'm excited to be, be here, even though I'm not there in tampa florida but thanks again for bringing me on the show no thank you for coming and you know speaking of tampa florida uh digital dealer dd18 is is coming up um in april 21st uh through the 23rd and um you know we have something you're doing something amazing um on the uh, on the third uh keynote session which is um man i tell you what you're gonna have you're gonna have a google rep there on the panel as well man tell us a little bit about this i i'm having the the privilege to actually moderate this and and uh and but i'm telling you man how amazing brother congratulations thank you you know it's it's pretty exciting for me uh about two years ago my business partner and i began a journey of uh trying to reach u.s hispanic buyers for dealers and really digging deep on stuff as you can see behind me the uh, big buscador de auto banner and uh and I'm pretty excited because I met with Google uh, last week, actually, to go over things for this keynote and really talk about what's going on with the U.S. Hispanics. And, and it is just mind-blowing to see some of the, the things that are going on there. And, and I'm pumped up that we're going to do some myth-busting at right. Digital Dealer 18 because there are a lot of things that dealers think about Hispanics that we're finding just aren't true. So it, it's pretty exciting. You know, there's a lot of Hispanics that are planning on buying vehicles in the next year, man. You have some data on that. I know you're going to share and elaborate a lot on this on the panel, but can you give us a little insight uh, into what that looks like in the next 12 months? Yeah, you know, I'll give you a little spoiler alert, especially for the folks that, that aren't going to be a digital dealer. You know, what, what we learned from Google and, and the research that they did with Experian is that there are 1.9 million Hispanics that are planning to purchase a, n- a new vehicle in the next 12 months. It's crazy. They're expected to, to account for nearly 20%, it's 18% of all the new car sales this year. Now, when you think about that, that blows away some of the myths a lot of dealers have, you know, mm-hmm. that, that uh, U.S. Hispanics are used car buyers and they're cash buyers and this and that. But about one in five new cars this year is going to be sold to a U.S. Hispanic buyer. Yeah, and Matt, I, I know that you, you kind of mentioned a moment ago some myths about the Hispanic market. What are some of the maybe the preconceptions that that dealers need to be aware of or maybe need to dispel yeah you know it's so funny i talk to dealers all the time and and as we had been doing research over the last two years a lot of the questions we ask dealers are you know um you know we ask them about their population and things like that in their market and then we ask questions like you know what are some things that that keep you from selling to u.s hispanic buyers and there's a lot of myths that you know they're cash buyers they're used car buyers we don't keep that right inventory because it's a low dollar uh inventory buyer which is completely untrue across the board but the other myth, and I think it's probably the biggest one we need to bust, is that uh, a lot of dealers think that U.S. Hispanics are not digital. You know, when I talk to dealers and I say, well, are you running any Spanish ads? The few that do are typically running it in like a local gas station rag, right, or, or something in the, the Latino grocery store or something like that. And the fact of the matter is uh, the Hispanic population in the United States over-indexes on everything digitally. And what I mean by that, as we look with Google, is, more of them have mobile phones than any other demographic in the United States. Um, when it comes wow. to automotive shopping, for example, 
Um, 76% of U.S. Hispanics are shopping for cars via their smartphone, whereas the rest of the population, 69%. So just, just that alone, thinking about shopping for their phone and how hot mobile is. U.S. Hispanics are over-indexed on mobile. Um, they watch more video than any other demographic in the United States. So they're the most digital uh, uh part of this population that we have. So dealers really need to get a grasp on the fact that, you know, throwing something in that little gas station magazine in Spanish isn't the best way to reach these buyers. Right. You know, you know, being, being Latin myself, you know, uh, I, the stereotypes and you touched on them and, you know, miss, uh, you've mentioned, I heard, you know, not tech savvy. Obviously you just, you just busted that myth, not digital. How about this one, man? They won't buy a new car, you know, <laughs> you know, you get this, like, <laughs> it's like Cheech and Chong, you know, like uh, right. visual in your head, you know, of driving like some, you know, furry dice hanging in the mirror, what have you. I don't, you know, that's, that's the stereotype. They're not going to buy an, a new car, right. but they're going to buy a used car. That's a myth, isn't it? According to you. It is. It is. You know, you expect that, that it's, you know, folks are going to come in and they're just looking for like a, you know, a used truck or a van. And, and you know, sadly television plays into a lot of those stereotypes and things like that. But the reality is, you know, when we look at nearly 20% of all new car sales this year are going to be to U.S. Hispanics. Well, let's face it, not everyone is spending cash. You know, when we get the average price of an automobile being, you know, in the $30,000 mark. Right. Uh, Guess what? U.S. Hispanics can buy just like anybody else, just like somebody who's African-American, just like anybody who's Caucasian, Asian, you name it, right? I mean, but the cool thing for dealers that, that's really amazing is not only can they buy, this is a very loyal community of mm-hmm. buyers. Yeah, and, and Matt, uh, maybe share with dealers some of the strategies for reaching this market. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's not just translating your commercial into Spanish, is it, or something like that? Just, you know, maybe you can elaborate on some ideas. You know, that's a great question. So here's some crazy stuff, right? So one of the most amazing things that I learned uh, last week when I was meeting with Google, and, and, and um, you know, they had pulled up some, some stats from Nielsen. One of the most amazing things is that Hispanic audience from 18 to 49 years old, 14.7 million of them rely on Google. Search. Now, to give you some contrast here, 14.5 million rely on Univision, uh, you know, watch Univision television, 13.4 watch Telemundo. So, you know, Google actually has more traffic and more visibility with U.S. Hispanics than anything else in the country. So when dealers are thinking about, man, what do I do to really connect with these buyers? Well, the strategy is simple. Number one, you've got to start thinking digital for Hispanics as well, right? So digital and Spanish. If you're doing pay-per-click ads in English, you know, and if, if your market's 20% Hispanic, you can shift 20% of your, your pay-per-click ad budget into Spanish uh, AdWords. And right now, heck, you'll probably be able to buy them a lot cheaper than anything else because your competitors are sitting back in their haunches, right? right? Uh, YouTube video, you know, don't make just a, a commercial in Spanish, but, you know, do your walk-around videos in Spanish. You know, if you've got somebody in the dealership who speaks Spanish fluently, have them do walk-around videos on some of your new cars. That's the easiest place to start, right? So do a walk-around video on each of those new car models. Put them up on YouTube. Describe them in Spanish. Keyword and tag them in Spanish. Because Hispanics are digital, they're mobile, and they love video. So let's get out there in front of them in that digital space. That's the best way for dealers to connect right now. 
You know, well, let me ask this. Well, one of the, one of the, I don't know if it's a stereotype, but I mean, being in the advertising world for 20 years in the automotive advertising, a dealer right now can hear him say, well, I don't live in Miami, or I don't live in, you know, uh, you know a- ABC, Texas, right. you know, or I don't, I don't live in, in, you know, in, in, in this part of California, so I'm not in a Hispanic market. But that's, that's also a myth, um, is it not? It is. I mean, here's the reality, right? Now, there are some far northern states that maybe have a small enough population that, you, you know, you may not quite be ready to invest, invest you know, a good you know, portion of your ad budget. But the, the best thing I would say to dealers is this. Um, look at the demographic for your market, right? So I kind of look at it like this way. Uh, I like chicken and steak, but I really prefer steak. Now, if I'm at a place that only serves chicken, I'll have chicken. But if I have the chance to pick, I'm going to pick the place that has steak. Right. Now, think of it when you're shopping. If I prefer Spanish and I know a place has it and the other place doesn't, That's where I'm going to pick the place that has it. Um. You know, it, well, let me say this, man. We're here to talk a little bit. Too. I mean, this is this is great. And dealers that are listening right now are like, you know, I, I want to know more. And you know, and, and let's tell them how they can do this. I mean, we're, we have a great event, obviously, where uh, we're going to be. Um, our show is going to be there. Um, and you're going to be there. And obviously, we're talking about dealers uh, on the, the 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 third keynote address. Matt uh, Matt's going to be on a panel talking about this very subject with. Uh, with who's going to be there from Google now, Matt? Now it's going to be uh, myself, right? Uh, Peter Lido from Google, right? And then we're also going to have Ricky Lopez on the panel. Now Ricky has been in the automotive industry for years. His name is well known. He's part of the Berkshire Hathaway Automotive mm. Group. Mm. So Ricky not only is in the automotive industry for decades, but Ricky is also Hispanic. So he can lend some great insight on that panel. So Peter and I during the keynote uh, are going to bust a few more myths and share some really powerful insights. So dealers that are planning on going to Digital Dealer 18, uh, you know, they, they need to make sure that their flights are adjusted, that they do not miss this keynote session because it will probably be something that will help them make more money in 2015 than anything else they hear. Matt, man, you know what? You're, you're one of the best guys in this business I know. Um, I can't wait to, to hear it myself, be part of it. And um, I know it's going to be outstanding. I think it's going to be one of the best keynotes um, thus far of all the digital dealers, man. So it's going to be powerful, bro. While we have everybody tuned in, tell dealers how to find you and find out more about um, creating that opportunity with the Hispanic market. I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely if you want to create that opportunity, I want to tell you right now, go to, uh, I'll give you the easy way in case you can't spell in Spanish. Go to carsinspanish.com. That's carsinspanish.com forward slash dealers. carsinspanish.com forward slash dealers. You can fill out your information right there, and then uh, somebody from our team will reach out to you and help you get more information about getting your vehicles listed in Spanish uh, with us and uh, and help you reach out to this community. And, And, of course, uh, more importantly, as the time gets closer, make sure you go to digitaldealerconference.com and get registered for Digital Dealer 18. You can't afford to miss it. Matt, man, we want to thank you. It's on the screen where to go. And uh, if you want to check out more, uh, Matt Conduct, then you go to that. You check it out. Matt. And um, thanks, brother. It thank was you. awesome talking about this subject. I think it's, it's overdue in the auto business. And dealers are, I, I know that this is, this is a subject that people don't understand. They don't understand how or what to do. And guys like Matt, you know, obviously with, with partnerships like Google and then uh, Ricky Lopez, which is a dealer, obviously part of the Van Tower 
um, group automotive. And, you know, the, the guys like Matt making it possible for dealers to really it, it, to become an easy switch and fix over. So make sure you get in touch with Matt, find out what he's doing, because he can definitely help you move iron in, in not what's coming, but what's already here. This is already here, dealers. It's already here today. It's already here, and, it, and, it, and you need to be ahead of the curve. Yeah, you definitely don't want to be reactive. You want to be proactive. And, and reaching out to Matt, I know he's a he's a great guy. He'll he, even if you just need a few questions answered, just yep. some educational things. I know he's willing to help. He loves people in the car business. Absolutely, we look forward to seeing you April twenty first, twenty second, twenty third, Tampa, Florida, Digital Dealer uh, eighteen. And again, we'll be there, Auto Dealer Live. Can't wait. And uh, we have our marketing company has a booth there as well. I'm going to be doing a leadership um, workshop as well. Just really exciting stuff all together, man. And uh, make sure if you haven't registered already, it is literally, like Matt said, the hottest ticket around. Uh, Check it out, dealers. Go to digitaldealerconference.com. We look forward to seeing you there. Have a great day. And we're back live. And what a show today, Dave. Outstanding, man. Outstanding. We don't even apologize for going over 12 minutes because you know what? Who said? We're on the the internet, baby. We're on the internet. One day we'll just keep going. (laughs) And then we're like, is anybody out there? Hey, listen, as we wrap up officially, as we close, do not miss next week. Mm. Next week we have the closer sales event. The whole show, we're going to open up, and then we're turning it over for 45 minutes. we got the one and only Grant Cardone, the one and only Tom Hopkins, the one and only Bob Berg. Mm, what a lineup. And the one and only Stay Hungry. Stay Hungry. <laughs> Les, Brown. Les Brown. The closer sales event next week you do not want to miss. You don't want to miss show. it. And thank you to our sponsors, by the way. Absolutely. Psychology, uh, Jeff Cowan's Pro Talk. E-leads. The next up. The next up. Right-hand films. Right-hand films. Uh, I, I, absolutely. We, uh, Alan Ram. We, Did we miss any? Alan Ram. Well, we got, yeah, yeah I, I'm telling you, man, we've got some great, great, great sponsors, and we want to thank everybody yeah. for being part of what we do. That's it, man. We're out. See you next week. <laughs>